0: But when you have a teen center, you have a space based solution within a school where a student can come in and find those resources all together.
1: Across the state, hundreds of thousands of Utah students are currently heading back to school. But for those students who may be experiencing homelessness or other challenging economic disadvantages, this can be a particularly trying time. To help better address the needs of these students, the legislature has allocated funding, which is being used towards the creation of teen centers within schools across the state. One of the leading organizations behind this movement is the Utah-based advocacy group, The Policy Project. Joining us today to discuss how these teen centers will help students is the Director of Policy for The Policy Project, Mary Catherine Perry. Mary Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So to start off, will you tell us just a little bit about your organization and the work that you do at the Policy Project?
0: Sure. So the Policy Project is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that looks for solution-based policies to help remove barriers to opportunity. So basically, we're looking for ways to find a statewide policy that will help as many people as possible and take away some of those barriers to maybe school, to work, to some of the things that they need to have a wonderful life here in Utah. That's what we do. We have worked on the Utah Period Project. That was us, the Teen Center Project, and we're currently in development of our next project. And so we're a small group of women. Emily Bell McCormick is our founder and amazing organizer of this entire group. I'm the director of policy, and we have Kristen Andrus, our community champion, We have Brooke Gledhill-Wood, who is our director of legal and operations. And then we just added a fifth member. We're super excited. We're growing little by little. Jaden Davis is joining us, too. That's awesome.
1: And so this last year, you really pushed this measure of funding these teen centers throughout the state. Can you tell us what exactly are teen centers and how do they help these students with challenging economic circumstances?
0: Sure. There are so many schools out there who are trying to kind of little by little help students meet basic physiological needs. We heard of one school where a teacher was taking kids in at 630 in the morning to wash their clothes in the football team's washer dryer. Or you might see we heard about a group of teachers who organized a small coat drive because there were a dozen kids who couldn't afford coats. Or you might have another, you know, a kitchen where they're giving food and meals to kids who don't have that at home. But when you have a teen center, you have a space-based solution within a school. And typically they're high schools, but you could see these other places where a student can come in and find those resources all together. So they're not running across town to the laundromat, to the food bank, to these places to kind of meet their basic needs, but they can find that right at school. That's where we want them to be. We want them to come to school. We want them to graduate. And if we can offer these services for them at the school, That is a win-win for everyone.
1: So these schools are repurposing some of their unused space to really house all of these resources for these children. Is that fair to say?
0: Yes, and it will look different with every school you go to. My kids go to East High School, and that teen center looks a little different than one you might find in Davis and one you might find at another school. We just wanted them to help support and expand the services that they were already offering to teens. We wanted them to think about it a little differently, maybe look at a more comprehensive solution in their school, and just kind of try to coordinate these efforts. But the really important part is having that trusted adult there that can help connect them to community resources as well. So with every teen, there's usually another adult in the picture that needs help as well. And so helping to strengthen families, bring them together and connect them to resources that already exist outside the school too, That's the idea of a teen center.
1: And you touched on some of the resources that are provided there. Can you tell us what exactly can an individual expect to see housed in these teen centers?
0: So in a brand new, like a fully built out teen center, they might go in and there would be an adult there to greet them to kind of assess what they need. There would be a private shower for them to use, maybe a place to store some of their hygiene products that also could be offered at the teen center, a place to wash their clothes, so a washer and dryer, and then perhaps a small food pantry. So not just grab-and-go snacks, but maybe something they could take home that evening and help prepare a meal for a small family or for their family that they live with, something like that. But as I said, schools are doing this all a little bit differently, and so there aren't that many yet this last appropriation from the legislature is really going to boost what schools are able to do throughout the state, which is amazing.
1: And can you give us a little background on this issue? How was it brought to your attention and why did your organization choose to focus on it?
0: So as we were doing the period project and at the encouragement of Speaker Brad Wilson, we continued to talk to counselors, to superintendents, to principals, And we asked them because our legislative leadership was very concerned about teens' mental health. That was a huge thing. They wanted to make sure teens were doing okay. And so as we talked to the schools, they were telling us, you know, we're having trouble teaching and engaging kids because their basic needs aren't being met. They told us these stories about trying to help kids little by little. And so we knew teen centers were out there. We knew it was just kind of barely becoming a thing, but we knew they were working. And so we came up with a proposal, we brought it back to legislative leadership, and we said we believe that we can help all of Utah, not just certain pockets, not just communities with great resources and huge philanthropic donors, but we believe that the legislature can make a difference for every school, for more schools throughout the state than what was currently happening.
1: Mm -hmm. And as we talk about helping all of those students throughout the entire state, do we have any sort of a gauge as to how many students in Utah are currently experiencing homelessness or facing some of these economic challenges.
0: And that was one of the things that really concerned us too. When we looked at students experiencing homelessness over the last couple of years, that number had jumped 34% in just a short amount of time. And we look around us and it's kind of no wonder housing affordability is skyrocketing, inflation, groceries, Everything is getting more and more expensive, and housing was becoming a little bit more unstable for some of Utah's families, and therefore the students. And it's not always the communities you would expect. That was the thing that was alarming, too. But across the state, on average, that number was going up 34%. We'll get next year's numbers pretty soon here, too, to see how that's going. But while these other factors were out there, students were definitely struggling to maintain stable housing. The total number was about 15 and a half thousand students across the state, which is a lot. I mean, it's more than you would expect for Utah. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, during the 2023 general session, there was an appropriation by the legislature to really help bolster the creation of these teen centers. But there's some additional private funding to really help all of these students that are in these economic challenging times. Can you elaborate a little bit more about how these teen centers function and how they will receive that financial support?
0: Sure. So we really felt like, too, as you look from community to community, some communities have a huge capacity to fundraise. They've got a lot of philanthropic presence. They've got people who can engage and truly be comprehensive in their fundraising to offset the cost of a teen center in a school. But when we looked at those communities, not every community can do that. And so as the policy project, we felt strongly that we wanted to help do some of the fundraising also. So we as an organization raised three million dollars to help offset the cost to the schools for building out these teen centers. So they will now be able to participate in the grant for a teen center through USBE, but then they can receive additional funds through the policy project very easily in addition to that application to help kind of level the playing field on some of the fundraising that's happening. It wouldn't prohibit them from going out and fundraising in their own community. In fact, we encourage it because it helps community buy-in. It helps them feel supported. But also, we just really wanted to help support those schools.
1: So now that we have this grant fund for individual schools to apply to help create teen centers in their local communities, what exactly does the rollout look like as we continue to stand up this grant fund?
0: This is a part that we're really, really excited about. So we spent the last, you know, six months going around to different school districts throughout the state and talking to superintendents. We went to Tintic, we went to Cash, we went to Washington, we went really all over and met with superintendents and talked to them about why this could be a great solution for their schools. USBE, on the other side, was workshopping with superintendents and grant writers and doing Q&As and holding virtual events and in-person events to really help the schools make this grant application easier for them. We wanted it to be as simple as possible so they could access these funds. Internally, we were like, oh, we hope maybe 25 schools apply for this. We didn't even know exactly where to shoot for. And round one of the grant just closed and 53 schools applied for funding across the state it's not just wasatch front it's not just one area it is across the state and we were overwhelmed and so grateful that principals superintendents and everyone sees the value in this and saw this appropriation from the legislature and that it was such an excellent way to improve their school for all their students Mm
1: -hmm. so we talk about 53 new teen centers that are going to be cropping up across the state how many are currently in operation and what does the future look like over the next several years
0: So right now, there's probably about fewer than a dozen across the state of fully built out teen centers. And again, with this grant, it could be used to support and expand. So not all of them will be full build outs, but some of them definitely will. So over the next few years, We're beginning to see groundbreakings at high schools. And over the next few years, we'll see more and more of these teen centers start to show up in our schools. They may be pantries, but they might be the whole thing. And so I think it will transform how students are cared for in the school. And we know we ask a lot of schools. And even just receiving the grant is just the first step. There's a lot of hard work for these schools ahead of them. But we really feel like this will, in the long run, help lift everyone and give these students a place to go and a place for teachers who often carry the weight of students' needs because they're seeing it firsthand. They see it in the classroom, but a place for teachers to help transition students into more comprehensive care. Hmm.
1: Now, as you mentioned, these teen centers are not necessarily just supposed to be supported by the legislature, but are really intended to be a resource for all of these students and unite the community behind these efforts for students to help care for their fellow students and for the communities to really rally around those who are facing some of these challenges. How can people get involved in these teen centers and really help those within their communities?
0: I love that question because we want everyone to know that all teens are vulnerable A teen that's having a stressful day and just needs to step back and relax for a second or kind of refocus can walk through a teen center. A teen that doesn't have a place to wash their clothes can go to a teen center. It's for all teens. And so in some schools, you know, we saw one school that they called it a teen hub. It really was the hub of the school where kids could pass through, they could feel supported. And truly, when you have teens who see the value in this in their own school, they can help fundraise. They can help be part of removing shame and stigma from taking care of yourself and learning to self-advocate. But truly, this is a school solution, but it's also a community solution. And that is something that can bring people together. It strengthens families, it strengthens students, and it strengthens the whole school.
1: And what is the best way for somebody to donate to these teen centers and to really get involved with their creation and with their support?
0: Well, the first thing to do is talk to your principal and find out if they've applied for the grant, and if they have plans to build a teen center. If they are, then they've got good things coming. And so they can get involved. We've seen communities donate coats or food or just any of the resources, hygiene kits. There have just been a lot of communities in just the small number of teen centers that we have in existence come together to really support these. They help kids graduate. They help kids stay on track academically. They help kids feel better about themselves and have more confidence. So it truly is just a place in the school that brings everyone together.
1: Mary Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time today. And really, a big thank you to you and your organization for the work that you do.
0: Thank you. It's an honor to be here today.
1: Thank you.